Hey there, my name's Doug Bird and welcome to Something Fresh, where we talk to adventurers, athletes and progressive thinkers. On this show, we aim to create an environment where you, the listener, can escape, explore and learn through interesting people who have achieved great things. The idea is to help people grow, become inspired and through that, encourage them to take that first step towards doing something about it. If that's not up your rally and you're simply here to listen to interesting conversations, then that's cool too. Thanks for tuning in. Now's the time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Today on the Something Fresh show where we chat to innovators, athletes, and progressive thinkers, we're very happy to be welcoming Ryan Sands to the conversation. Of course, he goes by the nickname Hedgy, and he's a South African-based trail runner, but a global trail running icon. In 2010, he became the first competitor to have won all four desert races. So each of these races are between six to seven days in total length, 250 kilometers. They're self-supported as well. So he's won the Atacama Desert Race in Chile, the Gobi Desert Race in China, the Sahara Desert Race in Egypt, and lastly, winning in Antarctica. He's also been the winner of the Leadville Trail 100. That's, of course, in 2011. In 2012, he won the North Face 100 in Australia. And, of course, he has won the infamous Western States, and that was in 2017 in the USA. He's also the FKT holder for the Drakensberg Grand Traverse, as well as the Grand Himalayan Trail. And for those of you listening in that don't know what FKT means, it means fastest known time. And that is an abbreviation of what Ryan Sands has done in his impressive career. And uh, we'll, of course, unpack that as we go along. But Ryan, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Hey, Doug. Yeah, great to to be on the show and looking forward to it. So, of course, uh, we're all still in lockdown here in South Africa, or at least hopefully coming out of it by the time that people listen to this podcast version of it. But during lockdown, you got up to something pretty crazy, man. You ran 100 miles around your house. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, in hindsight, maybe it was a little bit of a stupid idea, but I guess a lot of a lot of things I do kind of yeah, stem from those crazy ideas. Um, on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day, as, as a joke, I put out uh, today looks like a good day to run 100 miles in my garden. And um, a lot of people commented on it. And I guess it just got me got me thinking. Um, I was supposed to run 100, 100 miles um being the, the, the ultra trail Drakensberg, which unfortunately had been cancelled due to the, the coronavirus. So I thought, why not? Why not actually try give give it a go and and, and run a hundred miles at home? Um, and for me, I'm definitely not someone who enjoys running around in circle in, in laps. I enjoy the the kind of sense of adventure and just going out there and running in new places and having things that are constantly changing and kind of running in in circles and and like the loop was um just over 100 meters long really actually intimidated it intimidated me and mentally i didn't know if it was actually achievable so i thought why not let's let me give it a go and 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 see what happens and uh yeah i i I kind of managed to to complete 100 miles at at home um and definitely mentally was was pretty challenging. Definitely one of the more challenging things I've I've, I've done, especially the final forty k's. Um, I was just feeling really kind of out of it, tired, a little bit kind of disorientated. Um, so I was glad glad to to get it done. And of course, the the route that you did, you gave us the total lap distance there, but uh, it was something crazy in terms of elevation gain because you've got a 
a really steep from what we saw on the on your Instagram stories, a really steep set of stairs in your house. So, so in your total distance covered, 100 miles, how many meters of climbing were peppered in, into those 100 miles? Yeah, so initially I calculated uh, 4,000 meters or just just under, but actually since then I've I've kind of um, actually taken the the house plans out and, and looked at everything, and I think it's actually closer to to 6,000 meters of of elevation gain. So as, as you mentioned, um, kind of the, the top section where I kind of run past, um, my bedrooms and, and lounge areas is flat, but the, the other parts are either up or down and kind of like when you do it on, on, on fresh legs, they, they kind of short little climbs. Um, so they don't, don't feel that that steep, but they actually, if you kind of add them up over a hundred miles, they actually are a lot, a lot steeper. And as you mentioned, those stairs were were pretty brutal. They're just kind of quite awkward and, and small, and you just can't get a get a proper stride in them going down. And then and then going going up, obviously, um, yeah, they just kind of kind of shorten and, and punchy and just take it take it out of you. So in terms of pacing yourself, were you working towards like an average speed, or were you just kind of taking as it, taking it as it came? Because I mean, even four thousand meters. Uh, of climbing and and a hundred miles. I mean, uh, to my mind, I I don't think that there's a there's a race on the on the world tour that's that's got that much elevation gain in a, in a hundred miles, is there? Yeah, some of, so I think like obviously some of like UTMB and and stuff has 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 got um, quite a bit more more than that. But as as you mentioned, from pacing point of view, to be completely honest, I thought it was going to take me a lot a lot quicker than twenty six hours twenty seven minutes. Um, and that's why I started at like quarter past one, um, in the, in, in the morning. Um, it was just really slow, slow going and kind of pacing myself, I guess it wasn't a race environment. So I had like nothing to really key off, um, opposed to just kind of going around and around in, in, in circles and just going according to, to feel, but it was very stop start. I could just never kind of get into a rhythm and open up my legs or kind of get into any, any stride. Um, and I guess like also like mentally it was really hard to, to focus, like amazing to, to have Vanessa and, and, and Max, um, there, my, my family there. Um, but you're kind of running through past your dining room table with a whole bunch of food on every, just over every hundred meters or kind of seeing Max there. So, and, uh, my neighbors were incredible and, and people in, in the state I, I live in, um, came and supported, but like. I'm kind of used to, I guess, just kind of getting out there and getting into my own headspace where this, it was impossible. And then like the stop start, just not, not being able to get into to rhythm made it really slow moving. Um, like at times I, just, I was just like, flip, I'm going in, I'm going backwards here. I'm going in, in, in slow motion. So that's, yeah, that, that made it really challenging and, and a lot kind of longer than, than what I, what I hoped. I think initially in, in, in my head, I had like kind of 22 hours. Um, but obviously, yeah, it ended up being like kind of twenty, twenty six hours. So that was yeah, the the mental as- aspect was was pretty gnarly. Anything that you say you would have learned during this uh, lockdown challenge of yours that you're gonna transfer across to your bag of tricks when it comes to actually getting back onto the onto the main racing stage? Anything you've learned? Um, yeah, I think definitely like a like quite a quite a few things just in general. I, I think from the actual the kind of home run that I, that I did. Um, 
like as as I mentioned, physically probably not like a lot I can take out of it. But I, I think mentally it was it was it was quite a good exercise. Like it was really really tough mentally. Um, and um, as you as as you know, like kind of any endurance event towards the, the second half, the latter stages, it does become a mental game. Um, so it was not nice for me to take that kind of like I really had to dig deep mentally, really just kind of. Yeah, break things down into lots of little bite-sized chunks to to get through it. And I think with about twenty k's to to go, I was like, I was probably like tweaking out a little bit, as I mentioned, like being disorientated and and not knowing what was was going on. So I think it's nice to to know that maybe maybe in the next hundred mile, I can push things a little bit kind of further uh, mentally and go to like yeah, just just kind of tap into to something something different. So it's definitely that. I guess from from lockdown in, in general, um, yeah. I, I guess maybe just to kind of kind of focus a little bit more on the on the present and, and try and slow things down a little bit. Um, and I guess even when it comes to to running a hundred miler, like it's such a such a long distance. It's so far. I guess even if it's running fifty miles or, or kind of doing a doing a long ride, if if you kind of too focused on on that kind of end end goal um it's really mentally hard to to get there so just really being being focused in 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 the present and just kind of going with with the flow and just realizing like we can't control everything just just focus on what you can control and 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 the things you can't control just um try and make the best you can with with those situations and um, i always say with with stuff it's it's the person who kind of deals the best with the setbacks on their on on their feet that does the the best if it, if like something goes wrong which generally like a lot does go go wrong um if you kind of freak out and, and mentally panic then um yeah things 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 go go for a ball of crap have you ever been in a race situation before where your race has just gone 100% according to plan or has there always been a little niggle or a curveball or something that's come up to to process and to work through. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had something go like a hundred percent according to plan. Um, I think like Western States twenty twelve, like things went pretty smoothly there, um, and 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 I felt pretty pretty good. But I think for most other other races, um, things have yeah, there's definitely a lot that goes wrong, and it's crazy. Some of the races I've, I've actually done the best at. Um, Things have gone properly pear shaped earlier on in, in 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 the race. I remember kind of Trans Grand Canaria, um, one hundred and twenty eight kilometer race in, in in the Canary Islands that I won in in two thousand and fourteen. Um, like I had, yeah, like a hectic stomach. The the first forty fifty k's um, ended up getting a bit lost. Um, things just weren't going right. I just wasn't feeling great. Um, like I didn't yeah. To be honest, at at one stage I thought that was my my race kind of done and dusted and and then kind of latter half of the the race um things picked up and um yeah i managed to to finish strong and and what uh, win the race so yeah like as, as as you ask a lot does go 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 wrong um and i think i think that's that's what what makes kind of any endurance event or kind of adventure element cool it's it's not just kind of just like out and out performance based or just kind of purely physical um there's there's a lot of like mental challenges um that adds to that just keeps it exciting i guess 
So your process after your your home race, so to speak, what uh, what have you done there to recover and get yourself back to a point where you're training again? Yeah, so as I mentioned, like I think luckily, like physically, I'm I'm not too too bashed up. Mentally, um, yeah, pretty pretty tired. As as I said, it's weird. I've actually still a couple of times being been getting um, like kind of dizzy spells. Um, so hopefully, yeah, ho- hopefully I haven't done any kind of long term damage damage there. Um, but no, I, d- I don't don't think so. Um, but but yeah, I've just been taking it it quite easy. Started doing some some more strength training again, but really light stuff. Just getting in some some good like mobility training, trying to make sure that that everything's moving, like my joints are all moving. Um, generally, my hips tighten up quite a lot, which isn't great for running. So doing some 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 mobility stuff for that. Um, it would have been great to to kind of see um, kind of my support team that I normally see, like kind of get some some chiro sessions or lino and and, and some massage. But um, luckily, I, I con- convinced Vanessa to to give me a massage. So yeah, I, I guess just kind of taking it easy. Haven't really done uh, too much running, uh, but like I mentioned before this, I think um, during lockdown I have I have struggled to do much much running. As I mentioned, I, I'm not really a a kind of garden loop person or kind of running around it in circles. So I have been been focusing more on on the, the strength stuff. And I guess uh for, for me and another kind of or kind of more thinking behind doing the the home hundred mile I thought at least if I if I do one really long run it'll take me a week or so to recover so I don't have to do too much too much running uh, um, after that. It should get you just uh, past the point of when hopefully lockdown lifts, right? <laughs> yeah i hope so <laughs> so okay moving a little bit on to to the rest of your career i mean there's a lot that we can talk about but also a lot that's already been told in terms of your in terms of your story of course you've written a book um called trailblazer which of course is uh, available for people to to check out at all good bookstores in in south africa um where you you talk about your your journey as an athlete so well, the rest of the conversation, I think it'd be really cool to try and pick up post-book to a degree. Talk a little bit about your major projects like the Drakensberg Traverse, for example, Grand Lane Trail, um, but also talking a little bit about how you've managed your brand as, as Ryan Sands because that for me has been, you know, your performances are absolutely world-class, but you've, you've balanced that out so well with developing a brand that is equally world-class. So yeah, let's let's kick off on I guess the brand side of things for you as a, as an athlete when you started out, the impression that one gets if we look at your career and when we look at how you've built your brand is that you were seemingly very deliberate from the beginning. Um, well, how did you go about piecing this all together, or was it just something that unfolded as you as you started to compete more? Yeah, I definitely think it was a bit of a bit of both, but definitely. Um being calculated i think i was i was really lucky early on in in, in my career to to meet up with with dean conazes who is a american um ultra runner and i think he yeah he was one of the first guys to to kind of really kind of build himself up as 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 a brand and and he wrote some some books um being like he's a really good 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 um athlete but also built a built a really strong brand and I was really lucky that uh, two of the first ultras I did on, on, on the global stage being the Gobi Desert Race and, and the Sahara Desert Race, Dean was actually there. Um, 
And yeah, I guess that that's where my career kicked off. And it was obviously the first ultra I did was the Gobi Desert race and that that went really well. And it was kind of after that, that I started to kind of think like, flip, uh, maybe I could become a professional kind of athlete, a professional ultra runner. It sounded like a much cooler thing than, than what I currently was doing in, in, in my professional career, which, which was a, a quantity surveyor. Um, and it was actually at the, the second race I did, the Sahara Desert race, that I, that I started chatting to, to Dean. And I think it was more after, after the, the event um, that when I, when I won the, the Sahara race and I'd also won the Gobi Desert race. And I was trying to chat to, to Dean and like figure out like how did he go about getting, getting sponsorships and, and how did he make it work? And he said like something to, to me, which is probably kind of, it's, it's really um, stood out. And, and he said, uh, winning races doesn't, doesn't get you sponsorships. And like, to be honest, when he first said it to me, I was like, hold on, dude, you just sour, sour grapes. I've just kind of beaten you at Sahara and, and, and Gobi. But I think a couple of weeks later, um, after seeing how much like he was still prepared to help me, it, it really kind of sunk in that, um, it's yeah, it's, it's really important to to win races and and be a good athlete, and that's that's obviously the core of, of what you want to do. But at the same time, um, kind of brands and 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 spot, uh, sponsors and, and partners also want you you to be an, an overall person and, and and a good ambassador. Um, they want like people to be able to approach you, to be able to follow you. Um, there's also a lot of stuff behind the, the scenes, I guess, kind of gear development and and, and stuff like that. And luckily, I, I kind of realized that 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 uh, really early on, um, and I was lucky lucky that that one of my my really first uh, sponsors um, had a PR company on 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 board, and and that PR company had had Kelly uh, Burke uh, working for 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 them, um, and and kind of yeah, since geez, since kind of year one, um, I've been been working with with Kelly who who did uh, PR for me, and and I think that that really helped, just kind of tell my my story um i guess trail running is, is not a mainstream sport and back then it was a really kind of unknown sport and obviously over the past 13 years it's definitely grown but like yeah i think it was, it was really important to be able to tell that that that, that story and, and kind of get your yourself out there um but then also be able to to get the get 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 the results as well um and also, I guess, just think think outside the, the, the box a little bit and, and be creative. Um, and I think I've always said, like, I love it, adventure, and I'm kind of dreaming up crazy ideas. And I think that's that's that, that that's important to differentiate yourself from just like purely kind of like kind of being a robot and kind of just kind of eat sleeping and and and, and training. So, yeah, and it's, I think. I've been been lucky with how things have have kind of panned out, but it's it's also required a lot of work. Like I've spoken to a lot of guys um, that have kind of asked me similar questions, or either kind of new to getting in, into the, the sport. And I've I've said like kind of when I was working as a as a quantity surveyor, I was, I was kind of working a lot less hours than than if if I add up the hours that that what I was kind of um working as a as a professional athlete trying to train and do media stuff behind the scenes and and sponsorship stuff it 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 can be pretty full on um and i i wouldn't change anything um i absolutely love love what what i do but it's definitely not like some people think that um it's just kind of you just kind of put on a put on a 
pair of shoes, head into to the mountains for a for a run and come back and and kind of repeat that in 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 the afternoon. I think that also just illustrates the point of how important it is that athletes nowadays, with at least the new generation of athletes, uh, needs to view what they do as an athlete as a full time job because that's really what it is. I still think in South Africa, across many other sports is this mindset of my only job is to go to race to win and then the rest will kind of take care of itself, which is obviously and very clearly not the case because there are very few uh, icons of sport uh, much like yourself in South Africa. But to talking about your team a little bit, take us through a bit more detail of who is in your team. So you've obviously touched on Kelly um, handling the PR side of things. Uh, tell us a little bit about Dean because he's, he's a man that, has also, you know, had to dig deep with you on some projects. He's out there. He's in the wilderness. He's he's having to to step up, so to speak, to be able to capture the visuals to help tell your story. Tell us about about the journey with with Dean. Yeah, so like as as you mentioned, like it's been for me, like I've been lucky to have a really strong team team around me, and I, th- I think for me it's like for me. I want like when I say a strong team, it's it's guys that are like as passionate about me uh, as, as or like as passionate um, as as me about about what they do and and um, like people like Kelly and and as you mentioned Dean Dean Leslie, um, who's yeah who's uh, Wandering Fever Productions who's who's done a, a lot of kind of films and 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 stories with with me so. He's filmed basically most of my kind of crazy things I've done. He's he's filmed a, a lot of my races, um, and also I've I've known him since kind of grade two. So it's it's been really cool to be able to to work with with him and and really kind of kind of trust someone that that you can open up to. Um, and I guess also also at the same time, I guess there's one thing like kind of the films we make together. But I think I kind of feel sorry for him in, in a way because I'm constantly voice noting him like. I've got this this idea I'm thinking of. Do you think it's a cool story? Like, what do you think? Um, and I really trust his kind of openness and, and honesty. Like, if it's a good if it's a good idea, he'll tell me. If he doesn't think it's a it's a good idea, then he'll tell me he'll tell me the the truth. Um, but yeah, going going back to to Dean, um, yeah, he's kind of filmed most of my kind of bigger races. He's filmed the the kind of uh, Drakensberg Traverse. He's been with me. Uh, or Reyna and, and I to to the, the Himalayas. He, he went there with with Jared Paisley, and um, yeah, I, I think the, the crazy thing is like obviously he's made a lot of films on on some of the the kind of adventures I've done and some of the stuff I've done with Reyna. But I, I think at the same time you could probably film some pretty crazy and and wild films about behind the scenes, especially stuff like Drakensberg Traverse and and, and the, the Himalayas and. Um, and 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 uh, Namibia project I'm I'm currently working on. Um, so yeah, it's it's been like cool just to someone. He's just super super creative. Just just gets it. Um, I think it's been amazing to see him working with with Salomon Running um, in 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 the early years and and really kind of kind of create Salomon Running TV and and really kind of kind of showcase our sport. When I say our sport, I, I talk about about trail running. Um, so that that's Dean, and then obviously. Again, I think for for me with kind of trail running and ultra distance ultra distance running, one one of the saddest things I've seen in the sport is how guys kind of come into the sport and they're really like strong and they kind of win everything or on the podium at everything for like two years or so, and then they just kind of fade away. Um, and for me, I've I've kind of really tried to kind of have a long 
uh, career. Um, and I've, yeah, I've, I think kind of consistency and, and longevity is so important. And a lot of that is, is kind of, yeah, you, you need to obviously be fit and do a lot of kind of running training, but I've also done a lot of strength work behind the scenes, a lot of mobility. I get a lot of like massages. I, I kind of get a lot of liner therapy. Um, I kind of see a chiropractor regularly. Um, and like a, a physiotherapist so there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I, I like to say that that's kind of important for keeping my my wheel alignment straight because i guess like if, if i view myself as 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 a car um if your wheel alignment's off then um yeah you're not gonna you're gonna kind of struggle so i, I think that's that's been like really important just to see the the bigger picture um as as well and i think that that's really important for kind of any athlete coming into the, the sports is just trying to trying to view the the bigger picture um and I, I think that that will kind of kind of enable you to to have that that that, that career you're looking for well they say hindsight is the best science because you've you have learned some hard lessons along the way as an athlete um you've had some really tough years as an athlete too um some would say forced rest uh, periods of time that have helped or at least forced you into a position where, as I've said, you've had to rest, which has prolonged your career in some respects, because you and I have obviously had many offline conversations. And, you know, some of those chats we were talking about, you know, the guys you were competing with in the early days where ultra distance trail running was taking off globally, that for the most part, can't race anymore, let alone just go for a, a, a social jog, because they put their bodies through so much. You know what? What is your uh, approach to to things now in terms of the rest of your career? Because you've you've done a huge amount. You're also a, a very wise athlete because you've travelled a, a difficult path. You've learned some hard lessons, but you've definitely got some good races left in the tank. What is your approach going forward into the racing space? Yeah, I definitely think like less is, is more. Like I think I've been like quite conservative through most of my career. But as as you mentioned, there have been times when you get excited and, and you do like a little bit too much. And I think the problem is like when you're on a roll, you kind of want to just kind of roll with it and, and you kind of do well and, and like all these opportunities open up. And I guess at times you do kind of think you're a little bit like invincible and, and like, and then suddenly like kind of when things come crashing, crashing down, they're, they're doing a big way. And, and it's not just something you can kind of correct over, overnight. You've got to be patient after that and, and, and really kind of um, like nurture your body and, and, and mind back. Um, and I, so I'm definitely kind of looking to space kind of racing out more. Um, I think there, I still like love racing and there are a couple of races that I really want to do. But uh, for me, just kind of going and doing a race for the sake of, of doing it, especially when I say like a race for the sake of doing it, I mean like a kind of focused 100k or 100 mile race i'm definitely not going to do any of those going forward like i want to i'm definitely going to do those, those races but i mean i'm not going i'm only going to do the races that that really kind of mean something to me and I, I just to be able to spread them out and also give myself longevity because i do like honestly believe like physically you've only got so much racing in your legs and obviously i've been going for kind of 13 years now but I also think mentally, there's only so many times you can kind of go to the well and, and really kind of dig yourself into a hole. And, and you kind of, I know the races I've done that the best at is like when you really want it mentally. And uh, I've realized like if, if I do want to perform, uh, especially I'm getting older now, there are a lot of strong guys coming through, like 
that that race has really got to matter to me and and I've got to kind of um, really want it. Um, so that's the kind of racing element. But I think, I guess what's intrigued me about the sport is adventure. And I think that that's my first love of the sport and, and something that, that um, kind of really appeals to me. So I'm definitely looking to do some more kind of adventure style kind of FKT projects and, and also just getting out there. I think something that kind of lockdown has, has brought home. And I think it's for like a lot of trail runners. I think we all enjoy this. Sure. Like maybe there aren't going to be many races for the rest of, of the year, but I think everyone realizes that's not the, not the be all and end all. I think people just want to be kind of healthy and fit and be able to get out in, in, into the mountains and, and do some cool stuff. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some more adventures. Um, and yeah, I think kind of, with the situation we, we're going through now, I think I think it's an in, interesting time. I think maybe kind of kind of those kind of micro adventures, FKTs, um, in in kind of all adventure sports, I think are really gonna really gonna start uh, taking taking off. So you invested up front in your beginning of your career, not just from a training and performance perspective, because obviously you did the right training and you, you got the results. You then invested in a team around you in terms of kind of medical, medical-ish kind of people with lino and physio and strength and conditioning. You've, you've got your PR person, you've got your content person, and that uh, enabled you to, to create a brand that is really interesting to sponsors, which have played a very, I would say, large part in the sustainability and the overall length of, of your career. And still, for the most part, are the brands you started with, for the most part, are the brands that you, that you still have today, um, despite having some, some challenging years. Um, tell us a little bit about how you manage that process, though, because a lot of athletes, I feel, you know, another another area where they are inexperienced, and through that inexperience, do fall short in understanding what it takes to continue to deliver a solid return on investment to the sponsors that you are you are working with. You've done that really well. What is your approach to to that, and 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 how do you keep that momentum going? Yeah, as as you mentioned, I think most of most of my my key partners, or I like to call them dream givers. Um, have been with me throughout my career and I think it's really important to to build a, a relationship with with those um partners and 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 brands um and, and as you mentioned you kind of go through the the highs and, and lows but I think if if you kind of have that 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 relationship and you kind of it's um it it's kind of mutually beneficial and you're not just trying to take 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 um then when you when you go through those, those those bad patches, they 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 will support you. So, yeah, I always think like it's a it's it's a small industry, um, kind of in South Africa globally, um, and I, I think it's important to to look after look after your your partners and and um, and also choose the choose the right right partners. I know it's 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 tricky these these days. Um, sometimes like um yeah it's 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 not it's not easy trying to trying to crack it as a as a kind of professional athlete um it's it's challenging sponsorships are hard currently um i think i've i've tried not to kind of almost have too many kind of partners or, or too many obligations um because i know often it's tough. You maybe have have like a bigger partner but then you've got lots of smaller partners but their expectations are also 
the same as 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 the bigger partner and, and it just yeah it kind of almost the bigger partnership gets diluted so I, th- I think it's 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 important to to kind of yeah be be quite smart and and look at that 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 bigger picture and, and make sure you give the guys that are really supporting you that return on invest in investment and, and kind of growing that that relationship um and yeah i, th- I think it's often like approaching guys it, it can't just be like kind of i want this it, it also needs to be like i can i can offer this and also yeah trying to to work together and 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 do some planning as as well and see like how you you guys can work together in 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 the long run um as you mentioned i've been yeah, really lucky to to work with with brands like red bull and and salomon and and Sinto and and the the likes um that that have been kind of really forward thinking in 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 kind of adventure sport um and have really kind of yeah kind of helped me to to get to where i am today i mean it's it's one thing ultimately landing the sponsor but the journey and the conversations that happen to get to that point um you know it's a it's a that can be tough conversations and it's often conversations that that athletes aren't all that comfortable with because you know, generally as an athlete in the non-mainstream sports space, you're just grateful to be sitting in front of people that are, are even willing to take a meeting sometimes. That's just seen as a positive. How did you go about establishing what you were worth though? Because that's always something that I've that I've noticed about you is that you 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 go into a situation that you're familiar with, you know your worth, and you stick to your guns because that's also a potential shortfall for a lot of athletes out there where they go into these situations and they are often made offers that are way below what they can actually deliver in terms of return on investment. And because athletes come from that kind of, I'm just grateful and I'm thankful to be receiving anything, they sometimes accept offers that are way below what they should be getting. How did you, how did you manage that process? Because, um, yeah, that is something that isn't really talked about in the athlete circles, at least the broader conversations that I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it's it's a good good question, and um, I guess there's like there's no straightforward answer, and it's and it's kind of a tricky one. I know a lot of athletes do kind of have management companies and guys that that that, that manage them, which I think is a is a big help. But I also think like a lot of my kind of partnerships and relationships, I've I've always had a had a kind of direct relationship with that 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 brand where I've actually dealt with them. And yeah, it's it's as you say, when it comes to chatting about contracts and stuff, it can it can be um yeah, it's it's, it's an awkward conversation to have. But I kind of feel that if you build that 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 that, that relationship and, and you trust those guys you you're working with or, or, or kind of the, the company, it, it makes that that conversation um, easier. But yeah, I think it's it's important to to kind of realize your your worth. Um, and it, it yeah, it may be kind of chatting to to kind of people in the in the in industry or kind of speaking to to kind of sports management um, companies. Um, and not and not not selling your, your yourself short um and i think also as as i mentioned in that i think um just like rather having like one or two partners that you can really uh that that you can really look over i mean look look after as as opposed to having like 
kind of one or two big partners that really look after you and then like another like 15 as well that you got to do do stuff for and um and then guys suddenly kind of the, the, those big partners suddenly say like hold on like kind of you're doing like a bit of a bit of everything um but it's it's it is, is a hard one there's i don't think there's like any any formula i know you can obviously look at kind of what value you're getting in, in kind of like social media and, and, and media coverage and, and work that. Cause I guess like with anything in, in, in life, a kind of partner or, or, or a sponsor wants a return on, on, on investment. And, and if you can go, go to them and, and show them your, your media value and your obviously social media value and, and kind of all the other stuff you are, are doing, I think that that betters your, your argument. Um, I think it's, it is important to, to have like a figure in your head that what you kind of feel you deserve or what you need to, to get by as, as opposed to, as you say, just sitting in a, in a, in a meeting and um, a potential kind of partner or sponsor saying we can, we can offer you X. Um, and then you just all of a sudden say like, Oh, that, that, that's awesome. I'll take it. And then you actually think about it and, and you can't make ends ends meet. So yeah, it, it's, as I said, there's no, I wouldn't say there's like a straightforward answer. Um, but also at, 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 at the same, same time, I think as you grow that, 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 that relationship and you kind of show your, your value and, and, and your loyalty, um, I think you can obviously kind of be honest and, and, um, kind of negotiate going forward. I also think an aspect that a lot of athletes aren't aware of when going into that, that sponsorship negotiation conversation is is putting in a bit of homework before the time to try and establish what brands would see as value because that's also something that is never really talked about is different brands have different strategies and different strategies remeasure or at least the outcomes of those strategies are measured against different types of return on investment. So, for example, if you are potentially approaching a brand that is really focused on reach and what is called top of mind awareness. So in other words, coverage and being seen absolutely everywhere, then you need to position yourself in that light and the, and the way that you describe now and saying, well, look, these are the media outcomes that I generate every single month. And this is what the ROI value is on that. You know, then you're speaking that brand's language because that's where they are in their brand life cycle. And there's a very good chance that the outcome will be positive. But if you go in with that same approach where a brand is in a different stage of its life cycle where they're more looking for people who can share their core values of the brand to be kind of an extension of their brand through being open to chatting to their fans and, you know, joining brands on team conferences for argument's sake, and you go in there and try, your, try and sell yourself on a, on a media outcome, then you, then you aren't really going to be walking out of that of that uh, meeting successfully. So that's just a bit of a side note for those of you listening in. If you are athlete, if you are an athlete and you're looking to position yourself, I think you need to consider how you position yourself according to the brands that you're speaking to as well and trying to understand a little bit about what their strategies are. And second to that, don't be afraid to ask what their strategies are and because that's uh, often the only way that, you, that you're going to find out. But Ryan, in terms of in terms of your negotiations in the past, I don't know if anyone's asked you this question. Um, have you ever said no to a brand? Um, yes, yeah, sorry, I actually wanted to to jump in um, just with what you were saying, um, and I think I, I kind of missed out um, something. Kind of, I, I really agree with what you're saying, and also just to to realize, like I think, as I say, I've been um, 
lucky to like work with some some really strong brands that you say kind of for them they're look, looking for that return on in, investment um when it comes to like kind of uh, like being able to to sell stuff but i've also been like really fortunate to to have uh, kind of people on, on on board that just wanted to to kind of join me for for kind of my journey and, and be a part of that and and also to, i guess to to be able to see that and, and to understand that like hold on maybe for for this brand or person it's not about getting kind of media coverage or kind of winning a race for for them it's it's more important than kind of going and just joining them for a run or kind of doing a, a talk at uh, their mates uh, kind of kids school or something like like that so so as, as you say, just really understanding that the brand is, I think, is is, is really important. And as as you say, just seeing kind of what what their outcomes are. Um, like I know, say for for for, for Salomon, um, maybe obviously I've kind of been around for a while now. I kind of understand um, what what works and what doesn't work when it comes to shoes and and gear and and, and stuff like that. So being able to to work with with the R and D guys is, I think, equally as important now as opposed to um winning a, a race or being on the on on the podium yeah absolutely and it's a great space to be in your career too it's uh, you know it's not as not as stressful anymore you've done you've done the groundwork um, but going back to that earlier question there is has there ever been a point in your career where you've had to say thanks but no thanks guys this isn't working for me um or we're not we're not going to be able to to even form a relationship yeah I'd, um I've definitely kind of said said no to um a, a lot of a lot of stuff um in the in in the past um there haven't been kind of that I can that I can remember where I've actually partnered up with someone and, and kind of said this isn't working for me but I, I think it is it is 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 important and I think like what goes back to the previous question that it's important to to do a bit of like research and see what the what the brand is is like um and make sure it's the right brand for for you and not just kind of jump at it um because also i think for me and, and what i feel is important is is to show that loyalty loyalty and, and have longevity um if you see someone that chops and changes brands quite quite quickly if, if i was that that brand manager or that brand i would be quite hesitant to to um sign up or partner with that 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 in, in individual just because of them like swapping and and, and changing um brands um a, a lot um so i think as you say like making that that right decision is important but also i guess in in the kind of sports um the, these days it's obviously is it's it's difficult um kind of it's not like all sunshine and, and roses and like athletes often can't just be like super fussy and, and, and pick and, and, and choose. But I think you do need to, to kind of yeah, do some, do some, some research and, and make sure you're making the, the right decision for, for yourself, looking at the, at, at your long-term goals. So as, as uh, the sports evolved in South Africa and around the world, um, and also over the last decade, how digital media started to, to really affect things or come into play. Um, do you feel that it's got a bit easier for athletes to position themselves and develop themselves as brands? Because 10 years ago, you would have to rely on the good work of a PR agent, so to speak, to get you into magazines and newspapers and hopefully a radio interview here and there. And if you're really lucky onto TV, 
Um, do you think that the, the digital era has made it easier? And the reason I, I put that question in front of you is that initial answer would say, yes, of course, athletes are more in control now of their, of their brands than they've ever been. But at the same time, uh, accessing digital media is super easy. So it's arguably more competitive than it's ever been. So while the short answer is yes, the long answer is not as simple to, to kind of put the yes tick box next to. What's your observations of, of, of that space in particular, digital media and how athletes can build their brands? Yeah, like you say, um, actually, yeah, my answer would be kind of no. Um, in terms of, I think it's it's really hard to to find the balance between kind of training and kind of trying to perform at at your sport, and then also manage that with the with kind of digital media and and, and social media. And I guess it, it's obviously a really new um, realm, and 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 a lot of brands and maybe the athlete managers or, or the marketing guys don't don't understand it completely um and i like i know sometimes like kind of heard stories of people are just like just just take a gopro on every run you go with or just kind of carry your your drone with you and just just get a couple of uh couple of, of shots and then do one one quick post a day and it's easy and i don't think people realize that obviously it takes like a lot of time to to get those shots and then also to to edit them and, and to put like a bit of a story behind it um is not that is 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 not that easy um and also as as you mentioned that th there's a lot out there so to yeah to, to to be able to to kind of create content the whole time does does take a lot of work and and thought process and it, i think it puts a lot of pressure on 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 athletes because all partners and 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 kind of sponsors expect that now um so that that's definitely tricky um but I think if if you can get it right, it can. You can really make it play into into your your favor, and 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 if you can create stuff that that people wanna wanna follow, um, it definitely helps. I do I do feel for like the kind of newer kind of younger guys coming into like onto the scene now, because to build up a following is is really hard. It's it's not that 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 simple, and you've got to put a hell of a lot of work into it where uh, maybe someone like myself that that's been around a bit longer and, and you got a bit of a following um yeah it's, it's definitely i think it's it's easier for me so in a in a nutshell i think the nice thing is you you can control a lot more that that goes out but at the same time there's a lot more work that that goes into into things i think i've, I've noticed that over the past 13 years that i guess social media was just kind of popping up when when i first started running um whereas is now it's it's yeah it's 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 full on like most contracts i've i've got now they they kind of social media kind of obligations and 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 requirements um and in 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 a way those are just as 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 important as as racing but also if you don't do well at races you're not going to be current and and um yeah you're not going to kind of get that 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 following but you also need to make sure you're posting stuff for the whole time and, and getting stuff out there and, and being creative. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, like being a, a professional athlete is definitely um, like a full-time job these days. That's something that's always fascinated me about people that haven't ever been in the professional sportive landscape from an, uh, like an actual athlete. Uh, they think that it's, it's high fives and hashtags the whole time, but the reality is it's, it's, it's the exact opposite. It's it's in many cases more more mentally and physically demanding than any any corporate role 
um, that I've experienced. And yes, sure, I haven't experienced a huge amount, but yeah, being a professional athlete certainly isn't very easy. But also, I mean, what you were saying there now and you know, the demands of social media and the time and the effort that goes into it and content creation and how you're positioning yourself as a brand, growing your channels, as you as you noted there, becoming really, really tricky now with you know, algorithms changing and, you know, unless you're spending money on your platforms, you're not really going to grow. It's almost gone full circle, though, uh, if you think about it, because the only real way now, unless you funded to build your social media channels is back to the basics of winning races so that people are talking about you and the people are talking about you and interested in how, in, in how you've achieved what you've achieved, then invariably they'll, they'll end up following you. So performance still very, very important in the overall approach, I would say, in building your plan as an athlete. Yeah. Um, that's actually like a really kind of interesting point, as, as you say, with, social media and the, and the algorithms and also i guess i guess there's so much content out there um trying to create different content or differentiate yourself is becoming harder and, and, and harder um so as as you say it's, it's kind of doing the full circle and and going back to like needing to to kind of win races or, or do well or um set like an fkt or, or or something like that so i think that that is is really um really yeah true um and yeah i think it's, it's it's quite interesting i guess kind of modern times like things are just changing so so quickly that the, the whole time like you think you on top of your game at one moment and then the next like moment like everything changes um and i think it goes back to like the same as as what i was talking about in a in a kind of ultra race where you actually need to need to not panic and be able to think on, on your feet and, and make the right decisions. I think for an athlete these days, it's the, it's the, the same thing to, to be able to kind of be able to like have the foresight to see what's, what's happening to kind of do your re- research and, and, um, and yeah, be, be able to, to be current and, and kind of forward, forward thinking is, I think is becoming more and more important. And, and as, as you say, um, like it's it's yeah it's bigger than just um um training and, and and racing so you've done really smart things at kind of future proofing your career that's the way i like to summarize it in that you've uh, what was it probably it's 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 definitely more than a year old now the 13 peaks i think you started in december of 2018 right or yeah 20 no 2019 perhaps um yeah beginning of 2019 i think yeah so 13 peaks, you know, that's like a real core trail running consumer or following uh, driven movement where you kind of planted the seed, went on, on this crazy run with Kane Riley, a good friend of yours. And uh, yeah, you guys, you've started a movement there. But, you know, in so many ways, you look at that externally and you're like, that is so smart because Ryan, everyone is talking about 13 peaks. And through that, people are talking about yourself as Ryan Sands, the brand is Again, you're out there, you're in front of people, you're top of people's minds. You know, when everyone finishes the challenge, you personally go and hand over their their badge. Tell us about how you came to to that. Was it genuinely just a case of I'm gonna do this one Sunday, invite my mate, and it evolved into into what it is today? Or was that part of Ryan's sneaky strategy to to keep to keep him in, in the minds of, of people and trail runners around South Africa? No, I think it's yeah, definitely like a, a genuine idea. And I think it's it's important, like kind of when I do think of ideas, I think it's, it's, it's important to to be kind of genuine and, and, and core. 
and 13 peaks did did start as that um kind of you get the you get the rounds in in, in the uk where fell runners uh kind of trail runners tag a whole bunch of peaks and, and start and finish in, in in one area um and i thought it'd be cool to create something similar kind of in the cape peninsula um and i started just kind of plotting some peaks on a on a piece of paper and um yeah and kind of ended up being 13 13 peaks um i didn't really calculate the distance in between them i just told kane let's head out for a rad micro adventure it'll probably be 40 50 k's um and ended up being yeah well over a, or kind of yeah about a 106 k's or so so it was a little bit a little bit bit longer probably didn't do enough enough homework but yeah it, it kind of just stemmed from wanting to to kind of link up some of the kind of most most kind of iconic and, and some of the the peaks i spend a lot of time on um and then it, i guess after doing that um we actually didn't kind of get or didn't actually complete it we kind of turned back just shy of the top of devil's peak um and like i, I thought about it like flip this is going to be really hard to for kind of most people to do and i guess that that got me thinking about creating a one day a two-day and a multi-day challenge. And and, and from there, the, the idea kind of stemmed that like flip, this would actually be really cool for to get other people to go out and do it. Um I know like kind of just seeing how how trail running and the outdoor movement had 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 grown. Um just kind of giving guys a platform to go and have a rad micro ad- adventure and kind of give them some some parameters. Uh, but let them be be creative uh, at, at at the same time um was kind of my thinking behind it. But and and then also having said that, by creating the the multi day um, kind of uh, badge, um, it also enables people to to hike it um, or just to come and do different sections. You don't have to be like crazy and and do it in 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 one day. And I think um, yeah, I guess that was that was the thinking also to to give back to the community. Um, and and that's that's why like I've really enjoyed. Kind of being able to to hand out a lot of badges personally and and i think as we've discussed previously like kind of trail running's given me me so much i, th- I think it's it's cool to to be able to give give back and also create and and, and kind of grow the, the community but also apart from just trail running just kind of get people out on the, on the mountains um so yeah it's, it's it's grown like really really quickly but i'm, I'm still like trying to I guess keep it as 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 core as as as, as possible, um, and just yeah, I guess another another good way to to describe it is is kind of um, like you get the 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 Tour de Mont Blanc, which is um, just a loop around um, the Mont Mont Blanc that a lot of people hike, and it's become quite iconic. And yeah, I'd love to see like thirteen peaks one day potentially become something like like that, where kind of guys can 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 come out and and um give it a bash over over like multiple days and and stay in airbnbs or maybe if if sandpox um get some of the the kind of mountain huts um or kind of mountain camps back back up and and running again guys can can stay there so i think there's a there's a lot of a lot of potential but yeah the thinking was uh to like behind it was just to create something something cool and 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 just something cool and and enable people to to also head out on on cool adventures so i'd say that the trail running scene in south africa now obviously it's evolved over the last 10 years and you've been incredibly instrumental in that growth through your performances but also through initiatives like the 13 peaks and and other projects that you've done but what is your take on the trail running scene in south africa 
at the moment and where do you think it's headed in the next five years? Yeah, I think it's it's really cool and, and I'm really excited about it. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to run all over the world and, and experience a number of, of kind of trail running communities. And and I think we've got something really special in, 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 in South Africa, um, just seeing how passionate people are and, and, and kind of obviously being in, in, in Cape Town and, and seeing kind of the, the, the Cape Town community and, and being a part of that. It's 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 really really cool and and I'm 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 excited. I, I think it, it's kind of really powerful, um, and I can see the sport just um, really taking off and, and growing. But I, I think that the exciting thing for me is that I've definitely noticed over the past two or three years that a lot more guys feel in, in, empowered to go and do like micro adventures. So um, maybe it's just heading off. With a, with a bunch of mates to to kind of the the, the Cedarburg for for a weekend or kind of guys going out and and kind of doing something in in the Machalisburg or, or or the Drakensberg. I think guys through kind of joining kind of communities like like, like Tuesday Trails and, and and stuff and like meeting like minded people are kind of able to to link up um, and I think it's cool where it's where it's not just purely becoming about entering races. It's 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 about being out there and just doing rad stuff with with mates i guess it's a bit like surfing um in terms that kind of you probably see like less guys actually surfing comps um it's it's more about actually guys just wanting to get out there and kind of get 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 good good ways hang out with with mates mates and and have like a a rad kind of micro adventure along the along the way Ultimately, that's what makes sports sustainable, though, and it's it's great to see trail running starting to head in that direction too. Because up until I would say two years ago, sports like trail running in South Africa, even mountain biking to some degree, has been so event driven. So what I mean by that is, you know, everyone started trail running because it was a rad event uh, happening on a weekend, and they were gearing up to it. Be it a local local event that's just twenty. 15, 20 Ks or some of the bigger races that, that are around South Africa to, to people not necessarily moving away from that, but as you say, taking, taking more of a lifestyle approach to the sport because ultimately the lifestyle part and, and, the, and the, the middle to back market participation, they're the people that buy the volume of shoes and the kit and the entry fees and all those types of good things. So it's great to hear you say that. It just points to the fact that the sport is evolving. It's becoming more mature and through that, ultimately becoming more sustainable. And hopefully brands that are in the sport can continue to reinvest back into it and enable athletes to be professional because they can support them through meaningful sponsorships and partnerships and, and all of those types of, uh, of good things. So, I mean, the rest of the year, we, we're not quite sure what's happening from a, a racing perspective, but what is your approach for the rest of this year, Ryan? I mean, you had some big, big events that you wanted to, to really test yourself on. Um, but those are, I guess, uncertain at this point. How are you reshifting your mind to to getting back into that racing space again? Yeah, I, I guess it's it's quite a tough one. Like everything's up in the air, and like every day, I guess you you kind of get another email or kind of look at social media and see like of another event being cancelled or post postponed. Um, so it is it is tough to to focus. Uh, like for me, a big focus this year was Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, which is in in Europe, the end of August. Um, that that still is currently a go, but obviously, kind of I don't I potentially don't see it don't see it happening just with kind of 
I don't think many people are going to be doing um, international travel um, for the next couple of months. So yeah, just kind of, kind of everything is up in the air. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I do have a, a project I'm working on with with Red Bull in in Namibia along the Skeleton Coast. Um, so hopefully that can can happen. Um, and then maybe yeah, some more kind of home events, um, like an event like Ultra Shell Cape Town at at the end of the year is suddenly kind of back on the on the 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 radar but i guess it's just yeah taking it taking it like kind of one day at a time um and yeah hopefully you kind of things improve and we we get out of lockdown and i don't end up having to do a a home run 2.2.0 but no like i I think it's just kind of yeah taking it taking it one day at a day at a, a time and just yeah kind of not not overthinking it well, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure to to chat to you today. Thank you so much for for tuning in, or at least joining us uh, on the Something Fresh show. No doubt, we'll be touching base a few times throughout the year. Hopefully, if you've if you've got the time. But it is a lot that we haven't talked about today, folks. Uh, those of you that want to get a bit more of a background on Ryan Sands, go and check out his book Trailblazer. I've no doubt it's probably available on on Kindle if you have Kindle, or in as I said, all good bookstores here in South Africa, exclusive books and others. Um, so that that will give you a really good uh, top to bottom of Ryan and where it all started for him. If you want to go and check out some of the amazing projects that he's executed, mostly in the FKT space, um, on the Grand Himalayan Trail or the uh, Drakensberg Grand Traverse, those are, of course, all up on Red Bull TV. So there's lots of opportunities for you to get to know the man a little bit better. But Ryan, thanks thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, I've been really cool to to chat and thanks for for the support. And yeah, as you mentioned, looking looking forward to chatting a couple of times this year. And finally, where can people find you on social media? Yes, I am on most channels or kind of Instagram, Facebook and and Twitter um, at Ryan Sands. And obviously Sands is S-A-N-D-D-E-S. so yeah, I'm pretty pretty active on on all of all of those those channels. Well, there you have it, folks, from the man himself. Thank you once again for tuning into something fresh, where we speak to innovators, athletes, and progressive thinkers. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll see you then.